There was a question asked in the free Grow the Show Facebook group earlier this year that got me thinking. The question was asked by fellow Grow the Show podcaster Justin Williams, and the question was this, what are the core competencies that a podcaster needs to grow a show from nothing? It's a good question. The idea behind the phrase core competency, which is most often used in business spheres, is that in order to find success in any job, role, or business, you need to have a certain set of skills, aka core competencies. I'm going to use skills from now on, Liam Neeson style. And the idea goes on to say that if you're missing any one of those baseline skills, meaning you have most of them, but maybe you're missing one or two of them, if that's true you will ultimately fail. So, bringing it back to Justin's question, what are the core skills that we need as podcasters in order to be a successful podcast entrepreneur and to have a growing, thriving podcast business? This is a great question, and as somebody who has taken two shows past six figures and who has generated more than half a million dollars podcasting in under three years, I was super curious. What are the core competencies of a successful podcaster? What does this mean for me as a podcaster? What does it mean for the 125 students in the Grow the Show Accelerator? And of course, what does it mean for you as a podcast entrepreneur trying to make, grow, and monetize an amazing show? I've been literally thinking about this question since Justin asked it on June 14th, 2021. That was like four months ago. I've been stewing over it, trying to boil it down, and today I'm excited to say I've got it. After growing two shows myself, interviewing dozens of other successful podcasters, and helping thousands more via this podcast, I'm happy to say that we here at Grow the Show can confidently say that we know, or at least we have a theory for what the three core competencies and three baseline skills that you have to have to be a successful podcaster are. And today, we're going to share those three skills with you. And when I say we, I don't mean just me. That's because today on Grow the Show, we are joined by another full-time podcaster who has developed those three skills himself and who is here to share how he did it. This is Grow the Show, the podcast that helps you grow your podcast. Today, we're joined by Eric O'Keefe, the podcaster behind What If World, a podcast for kids. And it's regularly ranked among the top podcasts for kids around. And while What If World started as a side project of Eric's while he was a preschool teacher, it's since grown into a thriving business, which is now Eric's full-time job. He's a Grow the Show listener like you, and I actually didn't know that when we invited him onto the show. So today, Eric makes the leap from listener to guest and hops inside of your earbuds to share with you how he built the three core skills needed to be a successful podcaster, what those skills exactly are, and how you will soon have them too. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but first, a quick question. Are you pouring your heart into your podcast but not seeing the growth or engagement that you hoped for? Well, imagine if there was a way to not only grow your podcast audience, but also create better content more efficiently and unlock the secrets to transforming listeners into buyers, aka monetize. Well, there is a way. It's called the 12 Days of Podcast Growth. It's an email course that is completely free and packed 
with everything that I know about how to grow your audience in 2024, how to make captivating content in less time, and the strategies that I use to drive over 2.5 million in sales from my podcast to my business. This email course is your golden ticket to elevating your podcast game and in turn, getting more clients and customers. It's just 12 days and every day you'll receive a bite-sized email lesson straight to your inbox that'll give you the tools that you need to achieve remarkable growth. So if you're ready to learn how to take your podcast to the next level, just go to 12daysofpodcastgrowth.com or you could just click the link in the show notes, enter your email, and you will receive the 12 days of podcast growth from me. All right, that's it. Let's get back to the episode. Hey, my name is Eric O'Keefe, a.k.a. Mr. Eric. I am the host and co-creator of the podcast What If World? Stories for Kids. Like most of us growing up, Eric wasn't always sure what he wanted to do as a career. I had no idea what I wanted to do as a kid. You know, I wanted to be a veterinarian, then a writer, then an actor, and uh, except for the veterinarian part, I've, I, you know, I now combine a lot of those things, but truly it took me a long time to get here. Yeah. And what kept bringing you back? Because you worked at the Little Gym of Brooklyn Heights. You were, uh, you did children's theater. Like you kept coming back to working with kids. What about that is exciting to you? Or what about that are you passionate about? Yeah, I just, you know, I feel like I always had these big lofty, goals that I don't think I was actually ever too excited about. I just felt like I had to be pursuing them. One of those goals was to be a world-famous actor. And throughout high school, college, and afterwards, he went all in. I started with acting competitions, and then I, you know, I did musical theater, of course, all through high school. I continued with theater in college, and a sketch comedy group called The Outtakes, which you won't find anywhere. <laughs> we don't exist online anymore. It was a long time ago. But a lot of those characters that I invented have made it onto the show. Granted, they are, you know, a little more kid-friendly <laughs> than some yeah. of our college sketches might have made them to be. But <laughs> uh, And then after that, I moved to New York, and that's when I, I really kind of hit the ground running with the... I, I was at the Actors Conservatory for five years studying under Lily Lodge, and she's... Mm an amazing, amazing teacher of like Stanislavski, if anyone knows that it's like serious method acting. I learned a ton and simultaneously I was taking improv at UCB. While he was pursuing acting, he was also working with kids programs and doing things like teaching preschool and instructing gymnastics and karate. I was always working with kids and always really, really enjoying that. And then finding that these things that I was pursuing on the side that I felt like were going to be my career and my future weren't actually bringing me a lot of happiness. <laughs> and mm. so I finally, you know, I found that I had all this experience and I was like, well, what if I can take this experience and this training and, you know, put it together into something that is actually feels like me and fulfills me. Some things that were already fulfilling him were his Skype calls with his young nephew that he had regularly. And it was during one of these calls that Eric's wife had an idea. I was just telling stories to my nephew over Skype. And uh, then I, you know, I met my girlfriend, now wife, and moved in with her and was telling these stories. And she was overhearing them and just thinking that it sounded like I was good at this. And she was like, well, maybe you can make this into something. 
I didn't believe her. <laughs> she forced me to sit down in front of a microphone. And then with her audio experience, her editing experience, she created the first three episodes of What If World and and played them for me. And I, I like literally I lost it when she did it because I never realized that I could you know, that I could sound like that, you know, this is six years ago. Um, right. I hadn't heard something like that as a podcast for kids. And I was like, wow, this, maybe there's a, a place for this. And I was like, you know, I can bring some of that energy to this podcast and make it, you know, off the cuff, but also have some life lessons behind it. And then, and then with my wife's experience, you know, introduce that high production value with like music and sound effects that, well, that I hadn't really been hearing in the space a- at that time. And with that, what if world was born? But how did Eric get from three unpublished episodes to becoming one of the top kids podcasts in the world? Well, usually on Grow the Show, we like to zoom in on one part of the process and dive super deep on that particular skill. But today on this show, instead of focusing on depth, we are going to be focusing on breadth of skills. Because like me, and probably like a lot of you, Eric wasn't really an expert on one part of the podcasting process when he started. He had to figure all of it out as he went. And what I've learned doing this for years and helping hundreds, thousands of podcasters is that building a podcast business can be broken down into three discrete core competencies or baseline skills. And those three skills are this. Number one, mastering the craft and regularly publishing great episodes. Number two, growing your audience regularly and predictably. And then number three, monetizing that audience, converting the attention that you and your show get into cash. So for the rest of this episode, we're going to take you through Eric's journey through the lens of developing those three skills. And we're going to learn what his advice is for you as you go through this journey and you develop those skills. The first phase of developing the three core podcast competencies is learning how to make good podcast episodes and publish them with consistency. And we start here because if your show sucks, if it doesn't entertain, educate, or empower somebody, skills number two and three won't matter. You could be the greatest podcast marketer in the world. You could crush skill number two and get millions of people to press play. But if you don't have skill number one and your show isn't good enough for people to stick around, you'll be out of podcasting very soon. And by the way, this is exactly why so many celebrities start a show and flame out in weeks. They've got skill number two covered. They can grow the audience, but they never develop skill number one, which is creating great podcast episodes. And one of the great misconceptions about this skill is that it's done alone, spending hours by yourself in the cave, producing your show, only to emerge months later with the perfect podcast. Now, it doesn't work that way. In fact, if you do that, and if you stay in a cave and develop your show, your show is definitely not going to be a show that other people like. Because the reality is that in order to truly hone your craft as a podcaster, you need help. And you need to recruit a handful of people within the audience that you want to serve and whose opinions you really trust. I had those three episodes and I, and I had some people listen to them, people with kids. And I was like, please, like honest feedback be as harsh as possible if you need to be. And, you know, you especially need to do that if you don't have experience in the classroom. Because if you're like a a parent 
or caregiver and you're like my my like one or two kids that I have spent tons of time with really like that that but mm. just in case just in case you know your head is a little bit different you know you just you just want to just want a little bit of outside perspective so yeah. I do firmly firmly believe in like sort of play testing these podcasts before you launch so that your premise is strong even if you don't have a kids podcast it's important to have a group of people that you trust to run your show and ideas by when <laughs> you grow the show facebook group now after eric got feedback from this group he actually began to publish his show he kept the same laid back style that he had when telling his nephew stories over skype and he also let his listeners have some control over the narrative in doing so, Eric was able to establish a unique lane, a unique voice, and really put a lot of thought into the content and the episodes that he was creating. They call in with a what if question, you know, uh, what if rainbows could talk, for example. And I take that as kind of an improv premise. You know, in improv, you get a one word suggestion, but I felt like with kids, you know, they would want to hear their voices. They would want to feel like they were a bigger part of the story. So we play their question or sometimes we read it especially with the early episodes, I just completely improvise. You know, I, I've told a million stories. I've read a million stories. So it's very it's very energetic and has a, a, a suddenness to it and a silliness yeah. to it that I, I hadn't heard at the time. Granted, there's tons of great comedians and voice actors doing kid casts now. I do feel like mine is still a little bit different because it, to this day, remains unscripted. Sometimes I have to write out a few bullet points because I'm like, 211 stories in so just to make sure i'm not yeah. wow. repeating on myself and also to make sure that i that i round it out with a lesson because I, I don't want to just have like fully fun nothing on the air i, I it, it is for kids and family so i want there to be some kind of wholesomeness to, to each story right. as well one of the more important things going in is to think about your audience and your premise so your main audience is your kid. And and for me, like that, that is my nephew. I do also have to remember that I'm talking to the parents too, that they're listening. And you cannot forget it for a second because if you just are like, kids like fart jokes, boom, yeah. I got it. It's the fart cast <laughs> coming mm. at you 24. Like, no, you know, you might, some kids might like it, but parents are going to be like, this is trash. Yeah. This is the kid version of lowest common denominator. Like, where is the value here? But people sometimes think, oh, if I'm making a podcast for kids, it's just going to be story time. You know, I'm going to do story time. Like, there's, wow. But then if you actually look, there's like 50 popular story podcast for kids. So you have to find your niche. Use what makes you amazing, what makes your life of value to you and those around you, your own experiences. And if that feels too niche, like, don't worry about it. As, as long as the way you speak isn't like, you know, somehow myopic or offensive to others, which, you know, right. most kids entertainers, it's not going to be like, you're going to find your audience. Yeah. But just like, really, really think about your premise and eventually you'll find something. This, again, is not just true for kid podcasts. It's true for all podcasts. You gotta have a unique premise that differentiates yourself. At this point in the story, Eric had that, but he was still grinding at his day job. So he had to figure out how he was going to be able to consistently produce a great podcast. I had Wednesdays off every week and I would 
record an episode on Wednesday, no matter what. I had to record every Wednesday, and then my wife would help me edit it and, and get it on the air, and I was just disciplining myself to do it every week. I thought that weekly had to be my thing, and I think in the long term, that mentality has helped me a little bit just because I have a lot of content out there, but in the short term, it really was making it a grind, and it was distracting me from the things that I actually needed to do to, to you know, grow the show. <laughs> it's tough, but you got to make sure you have room for both. You have to be able to create amazing episodes with consistency, skill one, but you also have to find time to develop skill two, growing your audience. Eric had a full-time job and he had to fit all of this in his downtime, but luckily for him, his wife also had a full-time job and her full-time job was in marketing. So she actually already possessed a little bit of skill number two. And it was in this early stage of What If World that Eric's wife shared with him a little advice that you may have heard on this podcast before. She went to the watering holes. This is before Grow the Show existed too, but it was right, it's, right. It's, it, it is great marketing advice. So she would sort of search on Twitter for parents tweeting about content for kids. And she just reach out, sometimes one-on-one, -on -one, um, some similar things on Facebook. We would just get ourselves out there any way we could. And thank goodness for her because I have always been better at the creative side and I've had to learn a lot more about marketing, but she's always the one sort of giving me that push and, and telling me like, Got well, it. maybe rather than worrying, you just need to take a step that's positive in the marketing sense and, yeah. and, and just give yourself a break on the creative side. Most of us don't have somebody next to us to give us marketing advice like Eric had in his wife, but most of us can spare 15 minutes a day to get on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, whatever, interact with potential listeners, and to then bring them into your audience. 15 minutes a day, it's all you need. And if that concept is new to you, check out episode eight of this podcast about targeted daily engagement. It'll explain exactly how to do that. But here's the thing, Eric and his wife were doing targeted daily engagement before I even made up that phrase. Because they were intentional, and they were visiting the right places, the right watering holes, they were able to find a lot of success. And they started growing their audience one listener at a time. Twitter's got a good search algorithm and you can kind of figure out what people are, are yeah. looking for and then just be like, hey, we're doing this. We're working really hard. We believe in what we're doing. Please check it out. And, you know, nine times out of 10, which is a crazy high ROI, at least as far as I mean, but like you can't, you can't help that 20%. There's going to be a, there's going to be 20% right. of people who no matter what you do, how good your pitch is, they're not going to care. But the rest, most of the time they were like, oh, cool, I'll check it out. And a lot of those people would email me, you know, a year later and become a patron and be like, hey, we've been listening to your show. Do you remember us? At the same time, they also started to reach out to small media outlets that they knew would have an interest in Eric's story. This was in the hopes of getting their name out there to even more listeners and maybe even bigger outlets. Yeah, at the time, we were not spending a dollar on marketing because we, we weren't making any money uh, yet. Right. So, I mean, we had a couple of patrons, but that was probably costing us almost as much as we were getting. You know. 
really, it was, I was reaching out wherever. I reached out to my hometown paper, you know, and they were wow. really excited because they're like, look at this kid, like our, our kid yeah. who was in all the shows when he was little. And now he's, now he's got his own podcast. But I had already gotten publications on like friends newsletters, you yeah. know, that, and local papers. And we were just doing everything we could to make ourselves appear, just squeezing out every little bit of exposure that we could. And it, you know, and it did finally pay off. Eventually, their listenership and media exposure grew so much that they caught the attention of a bigger media company, one that they didn't even reach out to. So we got, um, shout out to Common Sense Media. They, after our first year, they released a list of like the best podcasts for kids and mm. we were on it and it was like it was a small bump at first and then that got but that article got a few other places and then suddenly like the times of london wow. had us on their list and then we went over the course of six months we grew like 600 percent. you know and, and that's and that's rare and we got lucky I, I mean we got lucky you could say but i do think like it's because we were taking action and making good content. We were putting ourselves out there and, and I really believed in our content. And finally, you know, that led to some recognition and, yeah. and more discovery. And, and then, you know, once that happens and you're, and you're popping up on the charts and people are clicking on you, that's when the growth can really, can really be amazing. All right, so at this point, Eric had worked to create amazing episodes regularly, and he had grown his show's audience. He learned how to do that on command. He had started finding success with skills one and skill two. All that was left to develop was skill three, converting the attention your show gets into cash money, aka monetizing. Now, after more than three years of doing this, which doesn't sound like a lot, but is an eternity in the podcast world, I have discovered that there are really three ways to monetize a podcast audience. And really all three of those ways boil down to one thing, turning a small percentage of your listeners into customers. That's it. You either A, turn some of your listeners into a customer of a business that you already have, like a product, service, or consulting business. That's how this podcast is monetized via the Grow the Show Podcast Accelerator. Or you could B, convert some of your listeners into customers of someone else's business. That is what we call sponsorship or podcast advertisement. And that's what most people think of when they think of podcast monetization. This, though, is kind of tough and the least lucrative without huge download numbers. Or you could see, which is what Eric did with What If World, you could convert some of your listeners into customers or members or patrons of your podcast membership business or something else adjacent to the show itself, like merch or live event sales, more of a direct show monetization type thing. So really, skill number three, monetizing a podcast, all boils down to converting a small percentage of your audience into customers of something. For Eric and What If World, that something is a Patreon membership. And if you are in that space, Eric has a word of caution for you. Don't overcommit. The number of people who promised a sticker to every single new patron uh, to mail a sticker to them and are now just kicking themselves for it. Your patrons, generally speaking, are your patrons because they like what you're doing. The problem with this job is that it is kind of always hovering. Like yeah. if you want to, you could lose yourself an email 
on any given day. You could lose yourself in some sort of marketing or, or in serving your patrons. Uh, there's always that, but you really, really have to work at compartmentalizing, whether it's a full-time job or a part-time job, you know, give yourself those breaks. At this point in the process, Eric had honed his content creation skills and he built a devoted following, some of whom he had converted into customers via a Patreon membership. With those three podcast competencies that we mentioned earlier now developed and growing, the podcast game just turns into constantly getting better at those three skills as quickly as you can. That's it. And what's cool about that, about having all three of these skills going, having all three kites in the air, is that you start to see opportunities to achieve multiple objectives at once. Meaning you'll find ways to grow and monetize your show in one fell swoop. And that is just what Eric did. I wasn't making the big bucks yet, but I started getting some touches for, you know, kids content, which gave me the idea of like, oh, like I've already got this backlog of episodes mm. and because they're evergreen, you know, they're, they're fictional stories, so they don't really get old. So I was thinking, you know, what could I do with this back catalog that might bring value? And, you know, I found some people that were interested in distributing it. Distribution. We haven't talked much about distribution on this show because generally most of us here really need to develop these three skills that we've been discussing by ourselves first. But if the opportunity arises to partner with a distributor, which is rare, but it could come up, it should certainly be considered because in Eric's case, he was able to make syndication deals with some radio stations and content platforms, which means they paid him a non-exclusive licensing fee to air certain ad-free episodes of What If World. So, you know, it was some work and some editing to make like ad-free, call-to-action-free episodes that could be put onto different formats that were like right. kid and family friendly. But then, you know, I had those coming in as like regular sources of income and a little bit of patron income. And I was like, wow, if I quit my job right now, I can be making, you know, not a lot of money, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but it was, you know, it wasn't like, I mean, I'm finally making like middle class, like a comfortable middle class income. So yeah. I, you know, I took that time off and then I just really, really tried to push out content and explode and, you know, continue to grow for a few months. And the podcast was bringing enough money that it just suddenly turned into my full-time job. So that is how Eric O'Keefe was able to build a top 10 podcast and make it his full-time job. He managed to develop the three critical skills that are required to have a growing podcast business. Number one, he learned how to publish spectacular episodes on a consistent basis. He learned, number two, how to grow his audience on command. And he learned, number three, how to monetize that audience through membership and through syndication. Now, you might be thinking that his road to monetization was pretty smooth, right? He focused on skill one, creation, moved on to skill two, growth, tied it together with skill three, monetization, and boom, he quit his day job, right? Well, here's the thing. It wasn't that smooth. And it's, it's never that smooth for Eric, for me, or for you. So keep that in mind as you compare your journey, of which you know every little up and down, with my journey or Eric's journey, which you've only heard via a well-edited 30-minute podcast episode. Just keep that in mind. The reality is the journey is bumpy for everyone. You're not necessarily going to experience 
constant growth all the time. You know, you have to, and I'm sure you've talked about this a lot. You have to look into different avenues, you know, use it as your launch off point, use it to bring other opportunities for you, but don't expect the numbers alone to, to be your, the end all for you. So, you know, uh, right now I advertise when I have some money to play around with, I'll throw on a Spotify ad because I really like people to hear you know, 30 seconds of me, 30 seconds of the music and the high production value. And like that has a huge value to me. I also, my wife again uh, has like some graphic design experience. So, you know, we got some stock photos, a stock video. We scored that. So we've got a few Facebook ads that we run and we play around with those. I'm always sort of tinkering with those, seeing what works and what doesn't and like playing around with where I put my money. So I'm never spending more than like, 10 bucks a day usually on ads. And that's really just to keep kind of helping the growth stay, helping me stay visible on the charts and things like that. No matter what your podcast is, you are probably pouring your heart and soul into it. You are probably doing this podcast instead of hanging out with friends or doing this instead of like some chores that are piling up or doing this instead of like... (laughs) taking care of yourself sometimes, you know, and because it is taking care of a part of you, right? But like that time is so precious and it's one of our more valuable commodities. So like if you're going to pour your heart and soul into this podcast, why not do it the right way? (laughs) Or, you know, why not reach out a little bit, take those chances, do something scary rather than just being like, no, no, no. It's just, it's just a passion project. But like, what if you just like put in that time at the beginning or in the, you know, or after you got rolling and and really just saw what what you could do with this and or what opportunities it could create for you, even if you don't have, you know, 50,000 downloads per episode. What if it's just like it helped you get to the next thing, whether that be writing or Instagram or or, yeah, or, yeah. or crafting or, you know, or a Kickstarter for your next project, like you know, don't spend your very, very limited time doing something that's not going to help you grow. That is the key takeaway here. Time is your most valuable asset. And in order to have a thriving, growing podcast business, you got to make sure that you are divvying that time up evenly between creation, growth, and monetization. Overall, and that is the key, overall. In the short term, you can really, truly only focus on one of those skills at a time. But in the long term, make sure that you have a plan for developing all three of those skills because without one of them, your show will fail. And if you're running through struggles now in making, growing, or monetizing, take a look at your tool set. Do you have those three skills sufficiently developed? Do you need to focus on one of them at this moment in time and really get it going before turning your attention to the others? It could be. Well, if you want feedback on that, or if you want to take a shortcut in developing any one of those skills, be sure to join us over in the free Grow the Show Facebook group, where you will find over 1,200 podcasters who are on the same journey you're on. But what's cool is that there are a couple chapters ahead, or at least some of them are. They may have already developed some or all of the skills we're talking about, and they're ready to share them with you so that you can also have a growing, thriving podcast business and so that you can get it quicker than they did or I did. The link to join us in this free community and to develop those skills all together is in the show notes. 
Grow the Show is a Q9 production. This episode was produced and written by me and Catherine Nails with post-production by Jeremy Bishop and a very special thanks to Eric O'Keefe. For Grow the Show, my name is Kevin Schmidlin. See you next time. 